Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org, where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Laura. Hi, I'm Laura. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, David, thank you so much for asking me to speak tonight. Um, I will qualify. I have um, nine years and about five months. My abstinence date is um, April 7, 2008. I'm down around 60 pounds and... Um, Really, like, if you don't hear anything tonight and you think about yourself the whole time I talk, um, I do want you to know that I don't hate my body today. I do not hate my body. I really like it. Um, and I don't hate myself. And I came here um, in January of 2008, and I hated myself. Um, I did not look the way I look today, which is wearing clothes that um, are not gym pants that I used to wear every day. And I showered, and I put on lipstick, and... Um, I dress becomingly today. So, um, and welcome to all the newcomers and the chip takers, and welcome if you didn't raise your hand. Um, I did not raise my hand when I was new. I was like, I'm out of here, you know. Um, it was terrifying to me. Um, but um, what I've learned in this program is that things change, you know, and I've changed. Um, so what it was like, and um, literally I already feel like I'm going to cry just um, I'm really actually grateful to be here tonight, and my sponsor reminded me of that, because um, life is super challenging tonight, um, and just right now in this period of life, and um, I have learned to just show up regardless of how I feel, um, and like something I've learned here is that my feet are trained, and I go regardless of how I feel, um, and I am grateful for opportunities to share and tell my story because I want to remember what it was like because I never want to go back to that. Um, so what it was like, um, I think I was born a compulsive overeater. Um, I have been crazy from the get-go. Um, I My first you know, memories were just self-obsession of body. Like I was obsessed with your body and my body and what you thought about my body and I compared bodies, and um, I knew I was better than my best friend Mary because she had a belly and I didn't, and I was, like, six years old in dance class, and I remember all the mirrors and just, like, constantly comparing our bodies, Um, and there's not a lot of pictures of this. It's just, like, what I remember, and um, I have two older sisters and a little brother, and um, I'm from Nashville, and I've been in L.A. about 12 years. And um, we had this, we lived on a hill, and um, when it would rain, it would create a lot of, like, dirt and mud at the bottom. And my mom would give us, like, these little pan pies, and she would tell us to go out and, like, make chocolate pies. And um, we would all, you know, scurry outside and make them and have fun, and nobody ate them except for me. And I ate them all the time. And I ate dirt, and I just, like, ate anything that looked like food. And um, I just have these memories of, like, my mom, like, scraping dirt out of my mouth. Um, and and there's pictures of me, like, where, like, everyone's, like, looking at the camera. and like, I'm literally in the cake. Um, and, and, and maybe that makes me a compulsive overeater. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. It's just my memories. Um, and um, so 
I started picking up food compulsively when I was about like 12 or 13. I had a traumatic experience happen with a sexual assault, and I just, that's not why I'm a compulsive overeater. It's just the, the moment that I remember choosing food. I was like, I'm just going to pick up food. Like, it's just going to solve everything. Like, this honey bun is definitely going to fix my problems. And I remember telling a therapist that. And, um, and she's like, okay. And, um, and, and then that, the journey started, right? Like, I was up and down in my weight. I was a freshman in high school. Um, I have a ton of learning disabilities. Like, school was so challenging for me. I had so many... Um, tutors and I just remember like you know doing something well in school and then like getting a reward and like doing something well and like getting a reward and just like constantly like my hands you know in the food and um I didn't my parents were like not crazy like I definitely grew up in like a very like loving home like my parents I mean they loved me a lot okay um and but my sister was crazy, and, um, like, we have a great relationship today only because of this program and, like, the amends I've made to her, which is literally a miracle. Um, but I just kind of kept my head down, you know, because I wasn't as bad as my sister, and I wasn't doing drugs, and I wasn't, you know, going to jail, and I wasn't, you know, wrecking the family, and I just, like, kind of stayed really, really small. And, um, and I just really focused on, like, food and body, and I've done it all, you know, like, when I was 15, um, I, um, my sister taught me how to saran wrap my waist, and then, like, wear exercise clothes on top of that, and then go to the gym, because you would sweat more, and then, um, during that same time, I, like, just stopped eating, like, my friend called me one day, and, um, before we went to church camp, she was like, hey, I really want to, like, lose some weight, and I was like, great, me too, I don't know how to lose weight, um, she's like, let's just stop eating, and I was like, great, totally, I'll stop eating, um, and I did, like, for the entire summer, just, like, stopped eating cold turkey, and, like, lost 40 pounds, and felt really confused, and, you know, my head, I was just out of my mind, you know, I got into a car accident at the end of that summer because I was malnourished, I couldn't think clearly, um, and kind of my story, like, growing up was, like, I'm just not that bad, you know, like, it's just not that bad, and I had other people to compare it to, um, and I just hated my body, like, I, I wore, like, the same, um, like, rotating shirts in high school. Like, they were a short sleeve, and then I wore, like, a white long sleeve underneath it, and I didn't want my body seen. Like, I just, I needed to, like, cover it and just, like, be. Um, it kind of exist. And, um, you know, and, and that summer was really transformative because at the end of it, like, I told my mom, I was like, I, I'm not eating, you know, and I'm abusing diet pills, and I'm over-exercising, and abusing laxatives, and, like, I've done it all. I identify as a compulsive overeater. It's just kind of what I was taught. Like, I just don't, like, say all the other things. Um, for me, like, that works, but I've, I've done it all. Um, and, and then I went, so, like, I could literally bore you with, like, a thousand stories. Like, we're all nodding our heads. We all get it. You know, like, we've all done it. I ate out of the trash. Like, and sometimes, like, I realize, like, 
you know, when I'm in a meeting, I'm like, these people ate out of the trash, too. You know, like, this is, it's like, it's not fun to be here, but, like, we get, like, a really good life in return. Um, and I just remember, remind myself, like, if I get nervous, I'm like, you ate out of the trash, too. It's fine. You know, like, <laughs> right? You know, like, I put Windex on it. I put chemicals on it, like, trying to not, like, go back and eat it. I just, you know, did the crazy. Um, and so I went up and down in my weight. Um, my top weight is 222 pounds. I did not weigh after that. I was like, nope, not going to look anymore. Like, I'm done. Like, I can't go up. Um, so I don't know if I did or not because I never checked. Um, and so I went to college, and um, and that's kind of where everything kind of took off. My mom, you know, like, I have so much compassion for her today and so much love, and we're so close. I'm not a mom. I have no idea what it's like to have a super overweight child and be super miserable and be terrified for their safety. I'm like, she didn't have any tools back then. Like, I just don't know what it was like growing up with me. But my perception of it was get off my back. You know, quit telling me, like, to eat this or don't eat this. You know, just get off my back. And so when I went to college, literally 10 days after I graduated high school, I was like, bye. Like, I'm gone, you know. Um, I moved to Chicago, and, you know, I'm from a small town um, in Tennessee, and I felt alive, you know, like, I'm miserable, and I feel alive, right, like, that theory of, like, I'm a piece of crap, but I'm the best thing that's ever happened to this world, and, um, and I went to college, and, um, I just had the time of my life, and, like, honestly, like, it was pretty fun, you know, um, I didn't enjoy gaining all the weight I gained, but I felt free for the first time, my parents weren't, like, on my back, um, I, you know, I showed up, you know, drunk to, you know, the first day of class. I um, had a 7-Eleven around the corner for me. Like, I just went to 7-Eleven. I mean, I just did it all, right? And um, at the end of that, um, and, and that's when I was at my top weight. And that's when I also started to date, like, really unhealthy people. Just, like, let me, like, find myself and this person. And maybe this, you know, will help me and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, I got really sick, um, you know, so what happened is um, I got really, really sick at the end of that semester, that school year, um, and I got a pretty serious autoimmune disease. And all of a sudden, my body just, like, really, really hurt. Like, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't dress myself. Um, I had no idea what was wrong with me. I was kind of powering through it. Like, I, I didn't know what was wrong, so I was just like, oh, I'll just figure it out. I started asking, like, my roommate to, like, dress me and help me in and out of bed. Um, and I went home for a um, – I went home for Christmas, and my parents were, like, like horrified. Like, I'm super, super sick. And in my head, I'm like, it's just not that bad. You know, like, my fingers hurt. Um, I got rheumatoid arthritis. I just want to, like, say that. So people are like, what do you have, you know? Um, um, also, if you have it, you know, I have experience with been hoping that if you want to talk to me after the meeting. And so um, my, my body became so inflamed, it hurt so much, and I was willing to do whatever it took to get better. And um, I had to move home because couldn't take care of myself, um, and I was fed medication and um, just taken care of, like, around the clock because I went from, you know, fine and standing to I can't get myself out of bed and I can't bathe my own body. And um, my nutritionist, I sat down with her, and, and she said, I want you, you know, to stop eating a list of foods. 
And I was like, okay, um, that's terrifying, but, like, I'll try it. And I did that. And I lost um, 70 pounds in four months. And it completely messed my head up. Like, I, I didn't even know what to do. I got attention that I was not prepared for. I didn't like the attention. I felt really angry, but I had attention because, like, why wouldn't you love me when I was bigger? Like, I was just so confused, and I was hurting, and I was in pain. Um, and, and, and I'm binging, like, until 5 in the morning. You know, like, I'm dating a guy, and I'll just never forget this look. I was teaching. I was volunteering at the summer camp that I had participated at all year or not all year my like for for like five summers of my life and um he came in you know the hotel room and he said where did the donuts go and I was like I just I had nothing left I was like I ate them all and he just looked at me like horrified like what is wrong with you and like if I never see that look again it's a good day, you know, like, I never want somebody to look at me that, again, like that, with, like, horrification, right, and by that December, you know, that was July, by that December, I had gained 30 pounds, my nutritionist told me to, like, try to eat some new things, I did, I heard, you know, like, eat everything, and then this bomb went off, and I started eating everything and gained 30 pounds, then I lost a little bit, and then I gained more, and then I lost, and I gained, and, um, and so what happened is my friend told me about Overeaters Anonymous. And I was like, yeah, you should totally go to that. Like, you should totally go to that. You're a little overweight. Your portions are a little, you know, big. Um, I was really fun at the time. And I was just like, yeah, like, enjoy it. Have fun. Um, and she was like, you're crazy. Like, you have it too. Like, let's go together. And I was like, no, I'm out. I'm good. I'm good. And I kept on dieting and doing the deal. And, um, and, and then I went to a meeting, right? I went to the Friday night Los Feliz meeting at 6 p.m. on New Hampshire and Hollywood. And I heard, I heard my story, right? I saw people, people were like nodding their heads. I was horrified. I did not want to show up. I didn't want to be there. Um, and I just kept going back. I just kept going back. I kept binging. Um, my binging became out of control. I was um, lying to my roommate at the time. She was like, you know, she'd find, she'd like wake up at like 2, 3 in the morning and call me. She's like, where are you? I was like, oh, I'm at CVS getting water. She's like, why are you getting water in the middle of the night? I'm like, I don't know. I just like was really thirsty. And then like, she's like, I'll wait up for you. And then I would like, you know, have to like hide all of like the binge food that I'm like out on my run. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, and, like, if I think it's super inconvenient to show up in a meeting, like, that's what's waiting for me. Like, just that route, you know. And I had a route. And it started in Hollywood, and it looped all the way around. And um, I moved into my first apartment on my own, and the binging was out of control, and I was terrified I was going to die alone. That I was just going to, like, die of a heart attack or, like, choke to death because I would binge until I passed out. And um, and I woke up on April 7th, 2008, and I grabbed a Sharpie, and I circled the date on the back of my calendar, like, on the door, and I just said, like, I'm done. I'm done. Like, enough is enough. Um, you know, and, like, one day at a time, like, I have, I have not binged. Um, my abstinence is no binging. I have a whole list of foods I don't touch. 
Um, I have food behaviors. Like, I don't, like, it's not a problem anymore, but it's still part of my abstinence. I couldn't leave the house after 10 o'clock to go get food because I would leave all hours of the night. Um, and so I, I still withhold that, you know. Um, I don't go from place to place if they don't have something I need. The only exception to that is if I'm traveling um, because they do have food restrictions, right? And, like, if I'm in an airport and they don't have something, I need to go to the next place. Um, and so, you know, my journey really started, you know, when I got abstinent. Um, and I got abstinent because I took a service position. Somebody asked me to bring back the big books, and I was like, no, I don't think I can do that. He was like, you can't bring back books next week? And I was like, well, he was like, you just have to bring back the books next week. Like, that's all you have to do. And I just kind of, like, sat there. I was like, okay, like, I can bring the books back next week. And I did. And I came back, and he said, how much time do you have? And I said, I, said, I have seven days. You know, and then the next week he would ask, and it was like, I have two weeks. And it just it just started, you know. And, um, and you know, when I, for the first four and a half years of my abstinence, I was only in this program. So I went to, like, five to six meetings a week. Um, I had commitments. Um, not every single meeting, but, like, my sponsor was like, you have to get commitments. And a lot of the meetings that I was going to at the time um, were up in uh, – the log cabin, which makes me feel super old because there's, like, no meetings over there anymore for OA. Um, and there were just, like, almost every night of the week over at the log cabin. And, like, I just went. And I was in college at the time, and I met my sponsor for step work. And um, then I would, like, do some of my homework with her. And and eventually, like, I just, I just, I kind of, I just, like, grew respect for myself because I wasn't, doing these, like, horrible behaviors anymore. Um, I don't know, like, how why I was given the grace of, like, not binging anymore, but I don't do it, you know? Um, and I've done a lot of things in my abstinence, you know? Like, I graduated college. I, I was flunking out of college when I got here. Um, I, I've run a marathon, like, in short shorts, you know, like, and a tank top. You know, and I felt proud of my body. Um, I, um, it's just been, like, there's, um, I guess if you're new, like, just give it a chance. Um, I'm just, like, really overwhelmed with, um, just, like, the horror that we live in, you know, when we're in the disease. And I just, I don't want to go back to that. It, it sucks, like, more than anything. Um, so when I was in my fourth step with my sponsor, um, Christine Kay, um, she's not here anymore. She's not dead. She's just, you know, left program. Um, she, we were sitting in a park, and um, I was reading my fourth step to her. And I read her an incident that happened, and then I, like, kept on going. She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. we got to talk about that. And I was like, no, we don't. She's like, we got to talk about that. And I was like, nope, I'm good. And she was like, we got to talk. And I was like, okay. Um, and she was like, you were raped. And I was like, mm, I don't think we need to call it that. And, um, and she's like, we got to call it that, you know. And my sponsor, like, you know, led me through this process of being able to release this this story that, like, I held on to for so long that was so tied to my body. And 
I didn't know it was going to be this eight-year story that I hold, held on to, that, like, this happened to me because I was a certain size, because it was when I was my thinnest. Um, and, you know, about two, three, about two and a half years ago, I think, three, um, I was still holding on to that. I still had, like, I had, like, 20 more pounds on me than I do right now. Um, and I was, I was, like, just okay. You know, like, I was, like, it's just good enough. And I started to realize, like, that was, like, that same story. Like, it's just good enough. You know, it's just okay. And I was, like, I don't want that. Like, I want freedom. Like, I want to feel good in my body again. And my sponsor directed me to do, like, a bunch of 10 steps around my body and, like, how I felt in my skin. And I had to start, like, working the steps around this idea that something had happened to me because of its size. And um, and so I would say for the last, like, uh, two and a half, three years, I have found this new freedom in my body, which I think, for me, it's my opinion, like, it's all so tied together in this disease. Um, and I find, like, I finally feel free. I finally feel free. And, um, and I don't know how people do it out there in the world, but, like, I have a sponsor who guided me through that, you know, for free. You know, like, I pay a lot for therapy and, like, all these other things I do, but, like, I have a sponsor who, like, literally lets me sit on her couch, tell her all my things, take my calls, and it's for free. Um... And so, I'm just, I'm super grateful for that. Um, So, you know, what life looks like right now, um, I got, I've had my own business for about four years. Um, About four and a half years into my abstinence was like a really pivotal um, point. I I had also been running from... um, myself and my sexuality forever, and then, um, I don't talk much about it, but I got sober five years ago, and I was like, ooh, you're gay, you gotta deal with that too, <laughs> and then I was like, <laughs> and my, uh, some friends were joking the other day, like, remember when you came to, like, AA, and you were, like, kind of gay, and I was like, nah, I think I've always been gay, but, like, I just couldn't deal with that too, um, and so five years ago, like, that next layer had to come out, you know, and I was like, ooh, gotta deal with this, um, and so for the, and at the same time, you know, I was really acting out inappropriately um, with men because I was running from myself again. And I asked, and so what happened, and I know I'm all over the place, let's just go with it. Um, in Step 8, in Overeaters Anonymous, my sponsor was out of town for the weekend. And uh, it was August, it was the end of August because I got um, sober September 5th. And I said, she was like, get a temp sponsor for the week because I'm going to be out of town. And I did. And I called that lady, and um, and I told her about this guy I was, you know, kind of dating, kind of talking to. Um, and I was like, well, he's married. And she was like, excuse me? <laughs> she goes, you can't have a boyfriend if he's married. And I was like, well. And she was like, you're the other person. And and she was, and she said something. It's like completely slipping my mind, but that conversation transformed my, tra- transformed me. And I just said, I hate myself. I hate myself. I'm constantly running. I don't know what to do. I feel like a fraud. I literally don't know what to do. And she was like, Do an eight step around it. You know, like do this and do this, and then we're gonna do a ninth step around it. And um, you know, and I did not have to make amends 
to that family, obviously, because, like, we do not make amends when it's going to, like, hurt somebody and, like, bring up information. But I wrote letters, and I read them to my sponsor. I let my sponsor know what happened. I let my temp sponsor know what happened. Um, and the amends that I had to make, besides, like, some volunteer work, um, was I do not engage with unavailable people at all. Like, it, it, you know, I get, like, excited. I'm like, ooh, you're unavailable, and, like, this is exciting, you know? And um, even so much, like, I had, like, a spin instructor that, like, I adored, and I, like, had to stop going to her class because I was like, you're kind of flirting, and I know you have a girlfriend, so i got to go to the next class. Like, I can't do this. And so all of these things really started um, – I just really started to change. I wanted more, and um, – and during that same time that, you know, I got sober, I sponsored more women in, in OA than ever before. Um, I was sponsored, and, like, this program, like, completely, like, just took me under again and, like, saved my life again. Um, and and so now, like, I, um, I, I started my own business about four years ago, and, um, and I, was, I wasn't the girl who could, like, ever hold a job down, right? So the fact that I can, like, run my own business, like, I still don't know how I do it. It's not easy, but I somehow managed to do it. Um, and right now I have, like, dived into this program and the other fellowships I'm in um, because I, I left my partner three months ago. And, um, and... You know, I wasn't, like, promised anything, like, when I came here, you know? Like, I don't eat out of the trash. I don't hate my body. Um, I don't hate myself. And, like, sometimes, like, that's literally the best thing I've got. Uh, but I've been walking through this breakup, and it's really uncomfortable. Um, it, my food is not messy. I just, like, it's super, I'm just super lazy with it some days. I'm like, why can't plantain chips just be dinner? Literally, like, why can't that just be dinner? And then, like, I have to literally call my sponsor and talk about it. Um, and I'm uncomfortable, and I'm completely showing up for it. And, uh, and I'm just uncomfortable. And I guess what I want to say is, like, you don't, like... I've been given the tools, the steps, the community, and a place to show up um, so that I can keep my side of the street clean. I don't want, like, I actually, like, the other the other night I was talking to her, I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to have the tools today. I want to, like, scream and yell at her and tell her, like, what you're doing is, like, super hurtful, and I'm sorry, but I did my best, and I had to leave to take care of myself. And I just, I don't, like, I still, she's like, you just, can't, you just can't send that text message. So I sent it, you know, to my sisters, and I did this, and I did that. Um, so, and, like, it's literally taken me, like, nine years to meditate. And now I literally finally meditate. And that's the only reason, like, I also, like, left my partner is because I finally was willing to get, like, extra quiet. And I sat in stillness. And, um... I practice the 11th step. Um, it's not perfect. Nothing ever will be. But almost every single day, I sit on my favorite meditation pillow, which makes it just a lot more fun. 
Um, and I do my daily readers. Um, and, and I just sit in stillness. And I listen to some music, and I turn it over, and I pray to God. Um, and I'm just like, I don't know, grief and... Um, it's just, it's hard. I don't, I'm kind of like at a loss for words. It's just been, which is like why I'm grateful I show up no, no matter what. Like I, I would ra- like rather be doing a lot of other things or I'd rather be sitting and listening to somebody else and not talking, you know? Um, but I'm, I'm here and, um, Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to like gather my thoughts. I've just never had to talk about my breakup from a podium. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, but what I know is that, um, you know, when I came here, I, um, thanks. I see that. It's, like, got, like, a major glare on it, too. I'm literally blinded. Um, yeah, wake up. Um, when I came here, I came here with um, the God of, you know, my childhood. And I didn't know that I could create a, my own higher power. And um, and I got this sponsor who had the strongest relationship with God I've ever known, which I, I grew up very ignorant, you guys. Um and I, I didn't know if she could, like, have a God because she was a lesbian. And I was like, oh, my God, do you have, like, a higher power? <laughs> She's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, like, I, I grew up in the South. Like, gay people did not go to church. They didn't like God, you know. And, um, and that woman taught me more about a relationship with God than anybody. And all I really have now is, like, that connection. And I can't explain it. You know, um, I even told her, I was like, I don't need to do step two. I have a higher power. We can go to three. She was like, what? No, we're going one, two, three, you know, blank. Um, so, um, and that higher power has like stayed with me. Um, you know, I'm not like actively working these, you know, steps and overeaters anonymous right now. Like I, I work them with my sponsees. Um, I'm in like 10, 11, and 12. Um, I'm working, you know, another fellowship and, um, but I'm in meetings two to three times a week in each program. Um, and, and I have a lot of women calling me right now and none of them have committed to working the steps, um, which is fine. You know, like I'm just showing up the best I can. Um, you know, and, and most days, like right now, while I'm in a, in a lot of grief, um, um, I'm just praying a lot and connecting to God a lot and, um, and doing 10 steps, even though they like, I hate them. I literally hate 10 steps. I just don't want to look at my part. I don't like, I just don't like, don't get it half the time. Um, but I'm really grateful um, for this community, and I'm grateful that I've stayed, and I'm grateful that um, that I know I'm powerless over food. Um, so I'm going to end there, and thank you for having me.
So, questions, if anybody has any questions. Yes. If I got your timeline correct, you, you said you didn't join, you had a drinking problem up until a couple years ago. How did, if you don't mind me asking, how did you deal maintain your abstinence while drinking? Or, yeah, while drinking, because I know for me it's a problem. I can't, it's hard to maintain my abstinence after I've been drinking. So the question was, how, do I, how did I maintain my abstinence when drinking? Correct? Yes. Um, it got messy. The food got messy, and it terrified me. And when the food got messy, um, I had to start writing about it every single day and talking every single day about it with my sponsor. And she never said, you have to go to a meeting for that program. Um, but with time, and um, I was so nervous to lose my abstinence, and that was my number one priority, that I got desperate and went, you know, to AA. Um, and then I got sober. So, um, and I sponsored, you know, a lot of people at the time, and I felt like a fraud, right? So, um, so I hope that's helpful. Yeah. You're welcome. Yes. Um, thank you for talking about your abstinence. What does your food plan look like today? My, so the question is, what does my food plan look like today? Um, I ideally try to do like three meals. Sometimes with my schedule, it'll be like three meals, two snacks. Sometimes it's like two snacks in the morning, and then it's like two meals later. It kind of just depends. Um, but for me, it was always taught that it's kind of a loose garment um, and that my abstinence is where I like don't mess around and it doesn't change. Thanks. Yes. What is your abstinence? Exactly. So my rule. So the question is, what is my abstinence and what are my rules? I don't leave the house after 10 o'clock to get any food. Um, I used to go from place to place to place. So that's like seven Starbucks in a row if they didn't have the donut I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I don't go to, you know, if I'm going to get like a granola bar or a snack or something, because I'm on the road a lot for work, I don't get to go to the next place to find it. Because if the next, the second place doesn't have it, then I'll go to the third, and then the insanity starts. Um, so that's one of the behaviors. And then I have a whole list of foods, which I just don't want to, like, rattle off here. Um, um, no binging, no pizza. Um, and then really in the last five years, it's just no compulsive overeating. And for me, I can't. It's a feeling, and I, I know if I'm compulsively eating or not. Um, it's really like an intuitive check with God. So if there's one bite left on the plate and I'm satisfied, I don't touch the last bite. How did you, uh, I think I'm coming out of these as well, and I guess how did you kind of get outside of the pain and the, the body sensations and how much it hurts inside your body? and focus on improving your body and the food. I guess what was the slight mental shift that you had to focus on improving yourself when you were in So, let me, the, the question is, how did I shift my focus to helping my food when my body was in so much pain with my, with my autoimmune? Yeah. Um, I kind of get the question. <laughs> I can talk to you after, too. Um, I guess my, I mean, I was desperate. 
I was completely desperate and in so much physical pain that I was willing to do whatever it took to get out of it. Um, and, and that stays with me today because I can't eat certain things or my body will inflame. So for me, it's, it comes with a high price if I think it's like a good idea to eat certain things. Um, but I will elaborate after the meeting with you. Okay, how do I deal with grief or loneliness now that I'm not compulsively overeating? Great question. Um, I use some outside tools that I can talk to you about. Um, I, I cry. I process it. I don't judge it. It sucks. Grief is super hard. Um, but picking up the food is not the solution. And I am not the only person who has gone through grief. And my head wants to tell me that, and it's not true. There are so many people in this program, in this room, in my 12-step community who have been through hell and back. And I think about those people. And I think if they got through it, I can get through it. This will not kill me. So I, I center. I talk to a bunch of women. Um, I use, you know, um, I use things that, like, help calm my body down. Um, and, I, and I exercise because it changes my perception when I start sweating. Um, and I just, I, and then I get, like, just go be of service. Like, just, I can't think about myself, you know. And this too shall pass. I hope that's helpful. My process of working six and seven, like how I actually did it at the time. Oh, I thought it was so funny. Um, I had to write all of my character defects down on like post-it notes. And then I had to like throw them all into a jar. And then I had to like pick one every single day and like work on it. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I did not like it. Um, I, literally, it's so funny. I was like, God, that's like exactly how I remembered it. Um, but that's, like, the technicality of, like, how I worked it, um, and, like, had to face it, and, like, what's the opposite of it? Um, and today, it's so, it's so funny, like, I'm sitting here thinking, like, I, I don't consciously think, walk through my day thinking, like, oh, I'm in six and seven, I need to deal with six and seven. I'm usually in ten. I, I guess that's just kind of, like, what's coming up for me a lot right now is, like, constantly taking inventory, um, and a lot of times my sponsor will point out, like, what is the opposite of this, you know? Or how can this also be a benefit, and how can you turn it around? I hope that's helpful. Thank you.